0: A chance to send the Thunder home. Lillard, long range three. And it's good! And the
1: buzzer! She Smith We just saw men fly.
2: Random Cowboy. What a play. Up to the line. Oh, blocked by James. Curry, way downtown. Bang!
1: Bang!
0: Oh, what a shot from Curry! Gets off to Leonard. Defended by Simmons.
1: Is this the dagger? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Round Podcast. Uh, as ever, I'm your host, Jordan Ledger. As always, I'm joined by Louis Halpin and Lewis Howard. Uh, and in today's podcast, we're going to be talking about six things to expect for the 2021-2022 NBA season. Uh, we thought we'd go for a really clickbaity title, there, you know everything that you can kind of imagine on mainstream media that's talking about now in the, in the off season and then in the in the run up to the new season, whenever that may be, there's no official date yet. But, um, so we've each picked two things that we think are kind of mainstays or key events that you should be looking out for in the next NBA season that's coming up. So, um, Louis, I'll, I'll hand the floor to you here. Do you want to, do you want to start with this one?
2: Um, yeah. I'll start it with a bit of uh, a hot topic or like the most recent news we really have, to be honest. And I'll go with Mm -hmm. the New Orleans Pelicans and their new coach, uh, Stan Van Gundy, who previously, not to be confused with Jeff Van Gundy, the commentator on a lot of (laughs) Mm. them. Obviously previously at the Detroit Pistons where it didn't go so well. Um, But before that, more impressively, I think his, his work at the Orlando Magic with, uh, particularly Dwight Howard and those teams, one of which got to the NBA finals, which I think is quite impressive on a team built around just one really high-level player and the rest were just sort of role players a bit ahead of their time. And I feel like you can recreate a little bit of that with uh, this current Pelicans team, but with a bit more talent. It's not just like a load of of role players surrounding one dominant force. And I know uh, Zion's not exactly got the size of a Dwight Howard But Mm. from a physicality, from an athleticism standpoint, I've always felt that Zion has the potential to become like a defensive player, Year just purely off the basis of that. Um, In college, I felt that he applied himself a lot more on the defensive end. I haven't really seen that in the NBA, whether that's due to his um, like conditioning, injury issues. I'm not too sure, but the effort's not been applied there. Um, And I'm hoping Stan can maybe channel a little bit of that defensive energy to him and the whole team, to be fair, because that's where the Pelicans fell short last year is the fact that they just they couldn't defend, which I always found a little strange given the pieces they have in that team. Like Drew Holiday's great perimeter defender, Lonzo Ball potentially has that as well. Um, Brandon Ingram could be serviceable given his size and then there's Zion as well. So I feel like as long as he makes them serviceable defensively, which if you look back on his previous teams, even the Detroit Pistons teams, which were a bit disappointing, um, mm. they've always been at least average defensively. And I feel like if you make the Pelicans at least average defensively, the offense should sort itself out. Uh, if you space it around yeah. Zion, give it to him in the post. And uh, on, on the side of that topic, I, I feel like I wouldn't start Lonzo Ball I feel like I prefer a backcourt with Drew Holiday and JJ Reddick just to space it out for him. Give Zion the ball in the post, and if he comes against a bigger guy, he can speed past him. If it's a smaller guy, you know how it's going to end. Um, So I feel like they will be better next season. Whether they make the playoffs is a bit of a tricky one because we know how tough the West is. Um, I'm not too sure what you two think on their prospects next season with big Stan at the helm.
0: Yeah, what... I understand it. Because, as you said, I think the main reason or the two main reasons they brought him back or they brought him to the Pelican, sorry, are the history of the teams he's had on the defensive end. They've always <clears throat> been very good, mm-hmm. although, you know, the Detroit team is a bit of a asterisk yeah. asterisk there, but he's, he's shown enough to the way you believe, Yeah, you know, they're going to be a pretty good defensive unit if he's the coach. And I think the other thing is they're quite confident in him with a young roster and and developing them along. I think. Uh, I think the Pelicans believe he'll be a good, a good person to have at the helm to to develop them. Which yeah, maybe outside of Brandon Ingram, you didn't see too much last year for, for, from the other young players. So and yeah. I, I know Lonzo was on and off yeah, He was a bit hot and cold. He did have his moments. So, in, in that sense, I can I understand it. I'm not, like, jumping for joy at it, if I'm a
2: Pelicans fan, I'm not going to lie, but
0: I, I, I don't think it's too bad.
2: It's not as exciting as a Mike D'Antoni, I think, would have been. But for the way this team plays, I always felt that Mike D'Antoni was a little bit of an odd fit. Um, mm. Obviously, the, he had his seven seconds or less in the Phoenix Suns, which I suppose you want this team to be, like, fast, running the court the whole time. but By the same token, he's always been, well, for the last, what, like five, four years, he's just coached a team which put James Harden in isolation situations and took a load of threes. I'm not sure if that's more Daryl Morey directed or Mike D'Antoni directed, but I agree with you. I wasn't exactly overjoyed with this, but I do think it makes them better in the immediate term, and I do trust David Griffin as well. I think he's a good GM.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll say as well, defensively, so just the last point for me, they weren't great last year, the Pelicans. They weren't terrible defensively. so Ooh, it's,
2: it, it's Maybe not... the numbers don't show that, but I, a couple games I watched, they looked a bit yeah. I'm not gonna lie.
1: Yeah, I guess. But... The interesting thing yeah. that you said there for me was that you believe Drew Holiday will be starting for the Pelicans yeah. next year in the long yeah. ball. I, personally, I don't even know if Drew Holiday is going to be out there. Yeah, yeah. that's the other thing.
2: Potential. I don't know. I feel like I would keep him there. I, his value, I suppose, would be quite... In terms of the trade targets for this year, he might be one of the highest level players you can acquire, really. I I don't see the Wizards trading Bradley Beal. I find it difficult to see other Depot getting traded as well. Um, so he might be one where you can sell very high on. And if you get a really good offer, I would take it. But if he is in place by the time next season swings around, i would play him instead of Lonzo ball not you know I don't want to crap on Lonzo but I I just think he fits better with Zion even though Zion and Lonzo've got a good chemistry the spacing just works better in my opinion with there. the
1: um yeah I mean the interesting thing is that he's on a player player option for the 2021 mm. season so um it'll be there's a few destinations that uh, I mean I know he came out and he said he didn't want to be traded before the February deadline of 2020 but that isn't him ruling out that he doesn't want to leave. I think that there will be a a seismic amount of teams that would want him to be kind of like... I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks are looking for a point guard. The the Clippers are looking for a point guard. They'd vote the destinations that would be more attractive at this current stage than the Pelicans at the minute, albeit there is Zion there. And then, if not, there are other destinations. Sort of like the Bulls were interested in him, uh, the Pacers are interested in him. Before the uh, before Nets the will surely players. be so, interested. Yeah, the Nets, the Nets would definitely be interested in him. So he will have a lot of options, and he can kind of decide where he wants to play basketball. So, um, but yeah, I mean, if the Pelicans can keep him, they want to because I think as well when you look around and you you see these clips of all the current NBA stars, and they are always asked these these questions of like who's the most underrated or undervalued yeah. player in the league. And ninety nine percent of the time, the answer is Drew Holiday. So
2: yeah, I mean, defensively, though, like Damian, Lillard. I remember watching him on the podcast, and he sung the. obviously, he locked him up a couple years, seasons ago. So mm. I think he adds value in that way. But yeah, I, I do expect an immediate uplift from the Pelicans next year. But like I said, West is very, very tough. It's going to be tough to get into that last seed in the the playoffs, and that's probably what they're aiming for.
0: Yeah.
1: Interesting to know. So I mean, so point so point one, so we've got the New Orleans Pelicans, so we'll move mm-hmm. on to point two. I'll take this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and a team that kind of, well, I mean, didn't go under the radar, they just were not even on the radar to begin with. Um, I want to talk about the Golden State Warriors and how, mm-hmm. personally mm-hmm. for me next year, I'm not sure they're going to be right back in terms of your favourites to win the NBA finals, mm-hmm. but they're definitely gonna be within the mix for it. Uh, you've got the likes of Steph Curry now, who's had basically almost a year off with that hand injury, broke his hand and things like that. Um, and I mean, grant and this is the only issue with this sort of pick being that Clay Thompson coming off of an ACL injury, you never know how someone's gonna be after an ACL injury. He could be fine and it won't even have looked like he's had this, or it could be something that they have to ease him in and he's going to take him mm. a lot of times and he might not only be playing basketball until the playoffs come around like properly proper back to his best basketball um, they got the likes of Andrew Wiggins this year now a few other rookies and then Draymond Green who did play this season but obviously with everything on Draymond Green you know he's not that player he's not a number one player that you put everything through Draymond Green is a nice piece to add to sort of a, a dynamic duo or a triple threat um, but with that being said I think come the playoff time, I think that the Warriors are not going to be looking for kind of 69 plus wins in this season. I think that sort of around the kind of high 50s, low 60s is something that they'll be targeting, whether that's a realistic achievement or not, that'll be decided based on the health of their players. Um, I think the picks that they've got in the draft, they're going to want someone that's going to help them now. I don't necessarily think that they're going to be looking to the future for that. I think that obviously they've got the 2021 first round pick from Minnesota to use as well. They can either use that to help them now or potentially bundle that in with uh, the likes of Andrew Wiggins or someone else and make a trade for someone that they think would benefit their team in a better way. Um, I also think that the Warriors need to be looking for sort of uh, a good wing stopper. I think that's their one issue in this team. I think that the the Warriors have proven they don't really need a big. They don't necessarily play that way anyway. They'll, they'll play the Panthers via the small ball, basically the first team that did the small ball stuff and did it successfully. Um, but I think a good wing stopper is what the Warriors will be looking for personally in the trading off season.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I, I like the Warriors, and I, I think they'll be right back towards the top this year. I, I think the clay less of a worry than other players when or some other players that do have injuries because of how he plays, and you know he's. He's not someone that uses his athletic group ability massively or is over-reliant on it. So that injury shouldn't affect his game as much as it would affect others. So I think I think he'll be all right. I expect Steph to be straight back to what Steph does. Uh, and I can't see how this team is not competing right at the top of the Western Conference again. As you said, yeah. the, um, I, I think they very much most likely will be trading that, that pick along with Andrew Wiggins together get I agree. and if they do manage to get a very high caliber player in then I think you are talking about not the favorite but one of the favorites to win the NBA championship you know you can't forget what the Splash Brothers were doing very much not too long ago I don't know KD isn't there anymore but they're still two fantastic players and if you add a third great player to it then you're going to have
2: someone that's competing for the championship yeah i think they'll be shopping that number two pick quite heavily yeah because they don't need it really um like you said they're looking for someone to help them win now and i'm going to disagree on a little point you said about um they'll just go small ball because although the league was trending towards that i feel like you can't beat the lakers if you go very small because if you go against them, they've got the best small ball forward um, in LeBron James and the best small ball center in Anthony Davis. Um, so I think you do need. I do think you need genuine size to combat against that. I don't think it's impossible to beat them without so I, I but I think it's very, very difficult. I think what you saw the Miami Heat do when they went quite small, and they just got demolished every single game. So I feel like they should be looking at someone who, like, I don't think you can win against the lakers in a seven game series if draymond green is the biggest player you're throwing out there um i think you're gonna need someone who can combat anthony davis a little bit more than that where that comes from in this trade i'm not too sure there's a lot of possibilities here they could yeah they could like go anywhere really um maybe they could look at aaron golden orlando magic i'm not sure how that would work yeah. but like we Loose said, Andrew Wiggins thrown around as well. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, I'm not sure how well he do against Anthony Davis, but he's a shooting beast. Yeah, it, that, that, that doesn't really go for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, Like you could just not trade it all, and you could select James Wiseman, who's the highest rated center in this NBA draft. Like that. That would depend on how you view him. I'm not too sure. He's played like one college game, um, so it's a little bit difficult. But there, there's options there, and yeah, I, I, I think there'll be competing at the top of the Western Conference definitely with those three whether or not they can beat the Lakers will depend on them getting someone who they can you know, like combat that size from the Lakers to me anyway
1: I mean the the Warriors are in a better position as well basically off that PTE that the sorry the TPE the Trade player exception deal that they got when they struck up a deal with the Grizzlies mm. for with dollar anyway because they get another 17 odd million
2: yeah from the but, That's
1: good. Yeah, so basically i mean they're looking at it with a pick uh, and andrew wiggins who is a quote-unquote salary star. filler yeah he's a salary filler that will definitely be he's, he's a he's not an unbelievable player but he's a player that a team would be uh, would, would very much accept to have if they're going to be a trade if they're, they're going to be traded with a Warriors. so um yeah i think that the, the future is bright for them i think again i do agree that they should be looking to at the, the top of the, of the conference but uh, Personally, I have to wait and see It's with another team as well. I have to wait and see what Steph Curry and what Clay Thompson we're getting back. Because just as I said, with these injuries, you just never know. But anyway, that's, uh, that's the number two pick. Uh, that is look out for the Warriors. They're going to be back. Not banned, bag bandwagon Warriors, but they will be back. So uh, we'll move on to the third thing to look out for in the 2021-2022 NBA, NBA season. Um, Lewis Howard, you have the floor.
0: Yeah, I'll... Uh... I'll go to Portland for this one. I'll go with the Trailblazers because this year, obviously, they had some or well, had a ridiculous number of injuries mm. and were out of that and until well, they were out of the top eight seeds until when we got to the bubble, they managed to reel off some wins and the, peli- the Pelicans dipped. We thought might be in it. The Grizzlies dipped. Who were in it? Uh, and they managed to pull through. They obviously met the Lakers and got knocked out. But you know, this year, with hopefully a much healthier roster than they did have, they'll also have some contracts expiring as well, which will help them if they want to add anything. And you've still got Dame, who, despite the Trailblazers not doing as well as they did previously, for more. The... Mm-hmm you know everyone expects him to be great again and you know the the blazers won't be in the 8th seed next next year they year. they should be higher up and i think they will be and so that what while they might not be a title contender they will be one of those teams that might be a sneaky sneaky team to maybe upset someone in the playoffs they've done it before and we can't forget that not not this year but last they were in the western conference Finals. so this isn't a team to to underestimate nurkic coming back he, he helps that team massively mm. uh, and i i see good things from him next year I
1: think... yeah i mean we we had we had a few technical difficulties then with the this so i think we uh we missed a little a few figures of what you said there but um right. i think That's not the gist of
0: it.
1: <laughs> yeah I, I got the gist of what you were saying i mean um I don't know how different this Blazers team can really be, is my only mm. issue with it. Um, I know that I, I, I mean, Melo was a great acquisition for them mm. in the end of, of everything when he was bouncing about and I mean the, the the way he got disrespected back then was was ridiculous and man had to go on first take to prove his point but um, I think that if he comes back, it's a nice addition but Melo isn't a game changer at this stage for the, for the Trailblazers um, and it's just basically kind of there's an outside there's always an outside chance of the Blazers because if Dame Lillard can fully turn it on and just tear any team up. But I don't know, there's just something about like even when when they went one game up against the Lakers, I was just like, Oh yeah, Dane gets you one. But that's that's where I was that that's the sort of vibe I get from them. I don't know about you, Louis.
2: Yeah, I fully agree. I think there's like a ceiling, given the fact that like defensively what can much can you do with that a really small backcourt like Dame and CJ are? And I feel like, yeah, Mello was good last year, but when you had Dame, CJ, and Mello on the court all at the same time, it just got a bit too much. Like teams were scoring on them for fun, even though in the bubble they were really fun. And probably the best story to come out of that, you know, they made their comeback and got into the playoffs, which was respectable given the injuries they had earlier on in that season. I think they definitely will make the playoffs. I'm not I'm not uh mm. Just oh yeah. that, I think a higher seed. Oh, it's diffi- difficult because if we're saying the Warriors are coming straight back into the playoffs, um who's gonna like move out of there? Um So we've got locks like Houston, uh, both LA teams, probably Houston, you'd say. I uh, mean, maybe the Thunder is the team that comes out there, but it's very, very competitive at the top, and I'm not sure how much higher. Portland can go they're a very good regular season team usually anyway so that might mm. play into their favour but yeah I, I have difficulties placing a higher ceiling on this team if they don't get someone like another element of offence to make up for that defence I think I've always liked the idea of Blake Griffin going there but I just don't think the contracts work out really
1: no I think that it's the, the the issue for me with the Blazers is that yeah, like you said, there is that ceiling and it's kind of when there's their their team's main talents are kind of not tiny but small point guards essentially. Mm. Um and there isn't really a, a good wing on that team, especially I like I mean, yeah, but like I mean like top tier wing that's gonna like yeah, a good yeah. supporting a good supporting cast that can kind of pick up twenty points if needed, like guaranteed. Um and put in some defensive work. So I think for me, yeah, they'll make the playoffs, but um, I can't be. So, I mean, what, what did you want to? What's your kind of one-liner for your for your Blazers pick
0: here? This I don't know if it can be summed up in a one-liner. To be honest, you got to, you got to, you got to give us something clickbait. come on. I don't know if I'd give you something clickbaity, but because uh, yeah, I think you're. Obviously, I, I think I'm a bit higher. up, to Be honest, next year because I do see them. You know, obviously, I do think the Warriors will go above them eventually. Well. well uh, by the end of the season, I think the Warriors will be above them. But I do think there's two or three teams that are, I think the Blazers will be above that, are, that were in the playoffs last year. So I think they're at least jumping up a couple places. And when they get to that, you know, mid to low, I'd say maybe, maybe like five, five, six, I, I probably see them. Then I think when it gets to playoff times, we know what Dame can do in the playoffs. I could see them upsetting one of those teams that's a little bit above them. So maybe yeah. maybe because I'm higher on them than you two are. They could are. beat
2: Houston. They could beat Houston. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe
0: because I'm a bit higher on than you two are, I'll say don't sleep on them. Because it seems I, I feel like you two might be a little bit.
1: All right, so number three, to don't sleep on the trailblazers. So uh, we're, going, we're going to snake formation here. And also while we have you before, I mean, there was a few other technical difficulties there we have with you. But whilst we've got you here in your... You're sounding well. Uh, that's, that's the number four you, Lewis, again. So who's your, what's, your fourth, what's your second pick?
0: Goddamn technical difficulties. Well, I guess, I guess we have to mention them because they did win the NBA championship this year. We'll, we'll go to the Lakers and they, uh, they will not be slowing down is basically the main point I wanted to get across. Okay. Because when you looked at this team at the start of last year, people were saying, you know, this, this year will be the Clippers' year and then next year when the Lakers sort a few things out, they'll come back stronger. Well, it wasn't the Clippers' year. They bowled it, and the Lakers the Lakers came from one. And now they've got an off-season to build that team even better around AD and LeBron. And so I expect them to be stronger. I think everyone expects them to be stronger next year, and they would be my title favorites i'm pretty confident they would probably be both of your title favorites as well but i'll I'll leave you to speak on that lebron isn't slowing down he he went from strength to strength as the season progressed last year i expect the same obviously anthony davis isn't going to slow down so i i think they are the team to beat coming in i mean
1: they're definitely the team to beat coming in the 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 off season will be an interesting one for them, based off of kind of what Rondo's going to do, and sort of. I mean, KCP was great for them in the playoffs. Um, kind of lived up to not not like unbelievably, but kind of lived up to what people wanted of a uh, what people expected that KCP could probably do in the playoffs. Um, and he probably smashed people's sort of hopes and dreams for Lakers fans of what KCP would do, uh, and just sort of the surrounding cast. I think the Kuzma. Kuzma's an interesting one to see if he'll be moved on or not because there's there's a few rumblings and rumourings that um, there are potentially quite a few teams interested in Kuzma. Obviously, he's an, an attractive player, an attractive contract, um, and in a different team and a different setup, Kuzma could potentially be a, a decent point scorer for a side. Just in this Lakers mm-hmm. team, it's not it's not really worked out for him probably as the Lakers would have wanted. Uh, then you have got the likes of yeah. Danny Green as well, who definitely hasn't worked out the way that the Lakers would have wanted. Um, but with that being said, sort of, it's the if it ain't broke, don't fix it sort of vibe as yeah. well. Because, I mean, if they're winning the chip and granted, they didn't face like, the Clippers like that, that they wanted to. But you can't really say that um, this team has an issue because they
0: just won the championship. Yeah, but I will say when you do look at that team, you, you could make the rest of those players fit. You could get some people to make that team fit so much better with your two superstars than what you've got. I know they won the title yeah but yeah you talk about kuzma yeah i think kuzma's a good player but i don't think he's the greatest fit in the lakers I'll at the moment sense, yeah. so if i was the Lakers, i would look to get something for him i think that you can put better role players around them too as well and that's the scary thing as you said because you know they did win the title so can you can you really say too much against them But you look at the squad and they can definitely improve it. So it's a scary thought for the rest of the
2: league. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like now, after they've proved themselves to be like the certifiable title favourites, like the person you'd write in and the team you'd write in anyway, I feel like a lot of veterans who are maybe a little bit wary before will be like ring, you know, the ring chasing ones that you always get that are a little bit better than what they have now. They'll be like looking at that team, oh, that's my chance to get a ring. Um, I know Gallinari is a free agent. I think he has stated actually that like money's not really an object to him. He wants to go to a place where he can compete. So he, he's an option. Derek Rose, I've heard, floating about as well. And then you've got your aforementioned Ronda. I'll try and keep him, KCP as well. Mm-hmm. Probably some centres you can get as well if you want to like move off of Dwight Howard a little bit more and give A D more time at the four. I I think, yeah, the the only way is up for this team. You can't really bet against those two. I think A D has a chance to level up even a a bit more than he already has done um so yeah definitely my title favorites for next year but barring any off-season moves that we don't know is going to happen yet basically mm-hmm.
1: if 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 Gallinari takes a big pay cut and goes to the mm-hmm. Lakers, that's going to be a big big yeah I'd like um, to Derek Rose there as well but that's sort yeah
2: so do I get that ring in it yeah yeah um, a bit of sentimentality yeah <laughs> no, definitely. all right
1: so so yeah so pick number four um Sort of the Lakers, Lakers are not slowing down, is what we're the Lakers might mm-hmm. be stopping. That's, that's what we'll go for. So, um, we'll move on to number five. So, I'll take this one. So, obviously, I mean, I can't do a podcast realistically without mentioning the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, <laughs> been a little bit busy. You might have heard we're signing Doc Rivers as the, the new coach, I think it's on a five year deal, six year deal, maybe. Um, I think coach
2: Jaeger as assistant yeah, coach, yeah.
1: Um, but I mean, the, the thing that I want to mention with the, the 76ers is is I think Doc Rivers is a big, big acquisition for more than one reason. The basis of the the thing that interests me most about Doc Rivers is the whole Ubuntu sort of thing that he done. So um, with this, with the Boston Celtics when they won the the title in two thousand and eight, and I mean if if you're listening and Ubuntu, you're like, did did he just say that word correctly, or did he just <laughs> just say something completely random? No, no, it is the word Ubuntu. Um, and technically, it's not sort of a word. It is a way of life. This is the whole thing of this. So um, it's basically on the understanding of that I'm only as good as you are. The team is only as good as we are. And it was basically brought and, and, and he did this whole thing of I think it was where he was on. he uh, was on a he was on a board of a university in America and a board member told him when he just signed for the boston celtics that your team's going to be amazing look at them to research it and that's what uh, doc did he just spent all night weeks researching what this whole thing was and of the understanding of the You can't win with just individuals. You need the individuals to buy in as a team. And his way of doing that was to go through the the rookies and the lesser players in the Boston Celtics and get the vets and the big guys and the main players, your your Ray Allen, your Paul Pish, your KGs, to believe it and sort of challenge them to believe that instead of being three different leaders, which is what the main worry with the Celtics was at that time, that you basically each of you have to make a sacrifice for us to win. Now, kind of where I can transition this and then put it onto what the, the Philadelphia 76ers are going through right now. It's a, it's a bit different on that concept of the sort of Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons are not the three superstars that Paul Pierce Ryan and Kevin Garnett were, but that they all have that sort of potential. Maybe not Tobias Harris, but definitely <laughs> Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And mm-hmm. when you look at this team at the minute, I wouldn't say that they're not a collective, but I wouldn't say that they're this massively free-flowing high chemistry team that would sacrifice and give everything for each other on the court. I think that there's always not competition because competition is healthy, especially when you're trying to prove who's the better player. But there is, since they've been together, pitted against each other, basically Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, who is the mm-hmm. meta one, who should be traded and who shouldn't be traded. Whereas in fact that if, if Doc Rivers can kind of get this philosophy and message across to this team that ben simmons needs to start shooting and stop worrying about if he can't shoot the three well or not for this team or Ben's joel and b needs to stop being on the three-point line because that doesn't help anybody it helps him when him and his thick ass are in the post moving people around because there's nobody better in the league than it and then you can there's a whole host of other players in this squad in this roster that could buy into this as well so, I think that him packaged with this talent of also who he thinks Magic Johnson and Karima Jabaro and Ben Simmons and Bean is genuinely quite exciting for Philly. So, I rambled on there like I always do with Philly. It's
2: ah, so
0: all good. It's so all good.
2: I think you can give me all the Ubuntu you want. If you can't, <laughs> if you can't get Jalen B to, to like, yeah, I mean, maybe this is a part of it. You just need to motivate Jalen B because I felt like last year was just like a year where. Uh, I I just didn't sense the same type of motivations in the previous two seasons before. Um, he didn't try as hard on the defensive end, didn't average as many points. And I know he's not trying to apply himself in the regular season when he's trying to win his the playoffs, but I just felt that it was a step back for him last year and that that's reflected, I think, in his value because we'd have all said on this podcast this time last year, we'd have sung the praises of J&B, but now we're a little bit sketchy he'd done his best to Marcus Cousins impression against the Boston Celtics, um, putting up his points and winning nothing. Um, so that is the key to me is motivating him and just figuring out that space. And you can't have Ben Simmons in the dunker spot. Like you said, you need, you need to get him to shoot freeze and, and have Jalen Bead in the post and figuring out the pieces beyond that, that, that will be Doc Trevor's biggest strength, I think. And, I, I believe he can make it work to a certain extent, but he's had some failings, shall we say, on the biggest stages. So I'll have to wait mm. and see.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I think with the whole ethos that you brought forward, so, like you, you can have that idea and bring it forward as a coach and you know you can take it some of the way. But at the end of the day, you obviously need the players to buy into it as well. And it's whether you have those personalities to do it. Because, I mean, look at the Clippers before, before, look, this season just gone. (laughs) You'd say they definitely had that in spades. And then, uh, uh, and you look now uh, at what happened, transpired this year, and you'd say it went the complete other way. So I, I think it does depend massively on the personnel. I do think that you could get those players in Philly to buy into it. But I think, I think, I think the, the big,
1: especially, will be the the, the thing. The five balls. Is, yeah.
0: Mm. But I think it's just the the biggest question mark about you know, as Louis said, motivation is Embiid because yeah, I personally, I don't think most people do. As I still believe that Embiid is. I don't think you can say he's the best center in the league anymore because of Jokic's performances, especially in the playoffs this year. But he's at least number two for for me, if you're not counting Anthony Davis as a centre. I'll put that asterisk on it. Mm. So you you have the talent there. Uh, And I do believe someone like Doc Rivers can definitely help him to to stay motivated and reach the level he can get to. It's just the case of, for me, what is the ceiling on the Philly team? And the way it's currently constructed be oh. the best team in basketball I do think they'll have to do something
2: yeah but it's difficult as we've mentioned before with the flexibility of those Tobias Harris and the Al Horford mm. contracts it's just hard it really is it'll be a case of him oh. doing his best to figure those two out oh yeah. living in a blissful world there where I forgot about Al Horford's contract <laughs> um... Uh,
1: the, the only thing that does worry me, I am con- conscious for time, and we have got one more point yeah. for the NBA season to, to bring up. The only thing that does worry me is there is one thing that I read that with this whole Ubuntu system, and you get the team to believe in uh that everything is shared and you are everything and you make sacrifice. And there was a thing where Doc Rivers bought a uh, I was flying back from an nba game i think it was in like la when he was going back to boston and he had a burger on the plane and the players looked at him and was like nothing for us you know you not cherry not, not that's not very open to. and i'm worried that kind of like if Joel Embiid is asked to share his food
2: i don't think Ubuntu is going to be uh it's going to be kicked out so um, he does like anyway. his pre pre-game big Macs. yeah
1: um so we'll go so we'll, yeah we'll go for point number five um embracing Ubuntu. That's what you want to look out for in the 21 season. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes down on Twitter and things like that. So, um, anyway, so rounding us off, point number six, the floor is yours, Louis.
2: Um, well, I'm going to talk about the Brooklyn Nets because other than the Warriors, I'd say this is the team that will emerge as like immediate. We, we have to at least include them in the title conversation mm-hmm. um, because I believe after AD and LeBron, KD and uh, Kyrie Irving's the best duo in the league in in terms of a talent basis anyway. I'm not sure how the two will play together. And I think that's really my main point. Uh this I feel like this roster that they have currently is gonna need a lot of transformation to work correctly because it's got a lot of ball handlers. You know, we're not just talking KD and Kyrie who need a lot of the ball here. Spencer Dinwiddie's someone who has the ball in his hands quite a lot. Karis Levert. Um and I also think is a little bit shy of defense, so I expect them to be very, very active, probably the most active big team in the trade market because, I mean, we've heard the rumours quite a lot over the last few months. They want that third star, whether that be Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, Drew Holiday, um, all sorts, basically. Um, I think they'll be looking to move quite a few of those guys. I don't think the roster that we have right now will be the one that goes into the playoffs most definitely. So yeah, I'd say keep an eye on them in terms of, you know, keeping your notifications on for Shams and Woj because there'll be a lot of uh, team overhaul, I would suspect. But yeah, th- they'll be right up there in the Eastern Conference com- like competition because, like I said, that talent usually shines through. Right now, I'd put the Miami Heat above them in terms of who I'd predict to come out of the East uh, this year. And I feel like Miami have been disrespected quite a lot in some of the things that I've seen anyway, some of those ridiculous power rankings coming out of this season. But yeah, the Nets will be right up there and it will, there'll be, be an interesting team to follow most definitely, not just for Kyrie's antics this year.
1: Mm. I mean, the the way I see it, the issue with the net for me is not the talent, obviously KD and Kyrie, I mean, you both know how much I like Kyrie anyway a mm. point guard, but It's going to be, this is worse than the Warriors on the basis of the the injuries that they're coming off of because this Mm -hmm. is now a couple of years now where Kyrie's had this shoulder issue or just a, a number of small niggling issues that then become a big one. Hopefully the surgery that he had and the amount of time he's had off would kind of mean that it's fully healed now and as opposed to just it's healed and then he plays again and he does a small tear or something. Hopefully this means he's back. But KD a big one coming off of this kind of Achilles injury, um, what Kevin Durant were going to bet. Even if we get 80% of a Kevin Durant that we had a couple of years ago, they're still title fate They're still title contenders at the very least. Um, I do agree that they, they need to be very um, active in the trade market. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie obviously was going to have his contract paid for the NBA fans. That didn't really work out. and am to plan for him. I think he raised about $600 of his $25 million contract. Um, but obviously I think I think KD and Kyrie like Spencer Dinwiddie but I think the contract may be an issue in terms of where he is and what they want to do um, Obviously you both know I'm a big fan of Spencer Dinwiddie as well anyway mm.
2: um,
1: Obviously you've got to think as well they need to take about $10 million off the budget to keep their friend DeAndre Jordan in Brooklyn um, yeah. and, then, I mean, probably, and probably shift Jared Allen at
2: that as well yeah, to be and, honest and,
1: and Jared Allen's now been put in the bin as a result yeah. Um, So yeah they, they'll be um, definitely in the mix for it but it's again, it's a, a case for me of waiting to see what KD and Kyrie we get back before I can officially kind of write them into sort of title talks like the kind of your Bucks, your Lakers, and your Heat.
0: Yeah, uh, as you said, biggest question marks what, what Kevin Durant we get. If we get close to four full health, then yeah, you know, that, that will make any team a title contender immediately, KD. You know, you could have made you, you can make the argument. I think I would have made the argument a couple of years ago that he was the best player in the league. Obviously you can't say that now because he's been out injured and LeBron just won an t- NBA championship and a finals MVP. But he, he will make any team immediate title contenders if he's back to his best. No, you can you uh, can still
1: say you can still say he's the best in the world. I said LeBron was still the best in the world when he missed the playoffs. It doesn't matter yeah, if he's in
0: but, but I, I think that mixed with LeBron winning the finals MVP, I don't think I said two years ago that KD was the best player in the league. So, but, Well, I was the
2: best uh, player me-
0: in the league two years ago, anyway. Mm. <laughs> okay, <but> anyway, moving <laughs> on from that. I don't want to get into that.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you have that. And then you have Kyrie, who, as you said, does suffer from injuries. So, so there is a question mark there, but I, everyone, I think everyone's agreed that once, if them two are up and running, then you know, you, they might even be mo- most people's favourites to, to get out of the I- East.
1: I think the the, the fact of that Katie and Kyrie, these are two players that um, even though Kyrie would say against it, they both care about their public image more than they would let on, especially Kevin Durant with his multitude yeah. of on social yeah. media. And I think these two, despite what they've achieved in the NBA, both winning NBA titles and... Kevin Durant, back-to-back finals MVPs, have chips on their shoulders of what they need to prove in this league. And I think mm. that that is the biggest deciding factor with the Nets this year, because even though LeBron, and they can say whatever they want, that they want to go and get a back-to-back and they want to do it for all of the other reasons. I think that going into it this year, nobody will have more to, and I can't believe you have to say this because you don't, I think nobody's going to have more to prove than KD and Kyrie, that they can do it without anybody else and it's just them two, than those two. I think that's going to be the driving factor for them. That's my last point on the net. The
0: last thing I'd say as well, sorry, just quickly, if you say a point about that, then I'll say something after because I've got a different point.
2: Uh, I was just going to say, like, it's also very much LeBron-centred thing with both of them. Uh, Like, KD has obviously always tried to overtake LeBron in that conversation. I'm just going to say that the Kyrie and LeBron thing, we know that that's been a thing for, for quite yeah. a while. Not a beef, but like a, I want to like beat this guy eventually. That's all I was going to say. Or
0: you want to step out of his shadow, potentially. Yeah, but I don't basically. know, you, you can't look into the guy's head. You have to yeah. speculate those things. Yeah. And then the last just thing I'd say yeah, quickly with, with trading the players, you know, we, we have seen what happened in Clippers when two stars come. Uh, 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 and how they affect it, it wasn't a disaster, they will come good next year and they'll come back. But uh, you do have to be careful about managing those personalities mm. and, and how the yeah. group will react to any moves you make.
1: So that's that, yeah. I mean, just just conscious of time and also a little bit de- technical difficulties again, now, unfortunately, we Lewis. But, um, so yeah, we had sort of Philly, Ubuntu. We had the Lakers. Uh, won't be stopping. We had the Don't Sleep on the Trailblazers. We had. Uh, I'm trying to think of the rest now. What did we have? Tra- so we had Trailblazers, Philly, Lakers, uh,
2: Pelicans, Nets, Nets.
1: Pelicans, and I think that was it. Yeah. And the Warriors in yeah. the Warriors. And the Warriors. <laughs> mm-hmm. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and check us out on our website.
0: Thanks for listening and peace.